This is Trinity Sunday. Trinity Sunday, always the first Sunday after Pentecost, is Trinity Sunday. And this particular Sunday is a celebration of the mystery of the Holy Trinity, the most holy trinity. As I said uh, in the prelude to the service, if I were to stand here and start trying to explain the Trinity to you, I would, um, I would just get myself off into the weeds and be using all sorts of analogies um, that would get only maybe partway to the truth and might even lead us into, into some sort of heresy. Um, in fact, after this service, I'm going to put a funny video on the Facebook page. You might want to check that out later today. It's a video about um, a famous saint in the church, a guy named St. Patrick, trying to explain the Holy Trinity. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Needless to say, I'm not going to try to explain the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity to you. Um, we believe that our God is one God in three persons. Okay, that, 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 that is what we believe. One God in three persons. And, and we're going we're gonna to use that as our framework this morning for looking at um, what Paul is talking about in his letter to the Corinthians. But before we get to that, I'm not going to try to explain the Trinity, but I want to try to help us contemplate the Trinity for a few moments and thinking about this idea that God is one substance, one, 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 one God, three persons. The Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are a community that is rooted in love. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three distinct persons who share one substance. They are three in one. Three persons, one substance. And and, and that substance is love. In uh, the epistle, the first epistle to John, excuse me, the first epistle from the apostle John, John says, God is what? I bet you can fill in the blank. God is love. God is love. God is three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in one substance, and that is love. And so the life of the Holy Trinity is a life of community rooted in love. The life of the Holy Trinity is a life of community that is rooted in love. This is what the Trinity is. The Trinity is love. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three distinct persons united in one substance, one essence, one being, and that is love. Three, three persons, one substance, and the substance is love. Now, that's as much of the explaining the Trinity as I'm going to even attempt to do, but I want us to use that as a framework for the rest of the sermon. Because if we believe in this God who is three in one, if we believe in this triune God, this God who is three persons, united eternally in one substance, one essence, one being, and that is love. If we believe in this God, and if, and if we, we worship this God and we claim to follow this God, then that means that we ourselves are called to the same type of community that the Trinity shares. The Trinity is a community that is rooted in love. 
Now, I've often spoken, you've heard me speak over and over again about being filled with the Holy Spirit or about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I talk a lot about how the Holy Spirit comes into each and every believer at your baptism. That in our baptism, we are united to Christ and his suffering, death, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit is imparted, is poured out into us. This Holy Spirit lives in each and every believer. And, and you might remember that over the past two or three Sundays, I've talked about the Ascension and Pentecost events. And I've said that in the Ascension and Pentecost events, that Jesus takes humanity with him to heaven, into that blessed Trinity, into that community of, of love, into that, into that community of diversity and unity, into that three-in-one essence of love, Jesus takes humanity into heaven with him. And that, and that in Pentecost, so in the ascension, Jesus takes humanity to heaven. And in the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. And so now we carry heaven with us because the Holy Spirit lives in us. We are invited into the life of the Trinity. Jesus has taken humanity into heaven in his ascension. And at Pentecost, God has poured out the Holy Spirit upon us. In our baptism, we are united to Christ. We are empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we now share in the life of the Most Holy Trinity. We have been invited into this community of diversity rooted in love. We are part of what God is doing because we have been invited into communion, into fellowship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the Trinity isn't just some sort of like riddle that we've, that we've devised to make God more mysterious and difficult to understand. Rather, the Trinity shows us that the way God is, God's very nature, is part of God's way of being and doing and acting in the world. And we are now part of that being and doing and acting in the world. We have been invited into fellowship with the Most Holy Trinity. And that gives us an understanding for what we are called to do as followers of Jesus in the world. Now, one way to think about this, this, this Trinitarian community that I'm talking about is, is, a, is to use a term that actually was made popular, made famous by Martin Luther King Jr. And I think it's um, appropriate to talk about um, one of Martin Luther King Jr.'s ideas today, um, not only given the current events in the world around us and the, um, the important um, reminder that we are um, seeing right now of the need for racial reconciliation and for equal justice under the law, um, but also this is in the United Methodist Church, Peace with Justice Sunday. Uh, this is a day in the United Methodist Church's calendar when we are asked to remember that we are called as followers of Jesus to work for both peace and justice 
in the world around us. This is actually part of our baptismal and membership vows. In our, in our baptismal promises, we say that we will accept the freedom and power that God gives us to resist evil, oppression, and injustice in whatever forms they present themselves. And so in the United Methodist Church, we have a Sunday uh, where we remember that we are called to act and to work for peace and justice in the world around us. Well, that was, of course, what Martin Luther King Jr.'s project was all about. Um, he was seeking peace and justice for his community and also for the larger community of America. And he, he came up with this term. It was actually coined by another theologian uh, whose name was Josiah Royce. Uh, but Martin Luther King Jr. made this term famous. And the term is beloved community. You might have heard that term before, the beloved community. And the beloved community is a term that Martin Luther King Jr. used to talk about what the world could look like if we allowed peace and justice to be the guiding principles of our common life together. And uh, King spoke of the beloved community, this, excuse me, King spoke of the beloved community in this way. The end, he said, is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. It is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opponents into friends. It is this type of understanding goodwill that will transform the deep gloom of the old age into the exuberant gladness of the new age. It is this love which will bring about miracles in the hearts of men. Beloved community. That's what the Holy Trinity is. It is a community rooted in love. The Holy Trinity is a community of unity in diversity, rooted in love. And that is what we are invited to participate in as followers of Jesus Christ. And in fact, this is the kind of community that Paul is describing here at the end of his second letter to the Corinthians. Let's go back to the text for just a moment. Finally, brothers and sisters, Paul writes, rejoice, Aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. This is a beloved community that Paul is describing. Paul is describing a community that is not built on the comfort of every member, a community that is not built on the um, on the. Um, generic sameness of every member. This is not a community that is built on some sort of artificial agreement. Oh, we all like, you know, the same baseball team or something, so we're going to be a club. No, Paul here is describing a community that is diverse, diverse in makeup, in terms of gender, nationality, race, a, a, a community that is made up of diversity in terms of, of even opinion or, or way of life. But it's a community, Paul is describing here, a community that will, in its diversity, begin to move past difference toward restoration, reconciliation, and redemption. And this is a community that will be change in the world around it. Now, let me remind you a little bit of the situation 
of the second letter to the Corinthians. Paul is writing this letter to address some deep divisions and problems in the Corinthian church. Paul is writing to the Corinthians in the midst of a situation where some other teachers have come into the church and they have sowed dissension in the community. And they have undercut and undermined Paul's ministry. And so Paul, all through the second letter to the Corinthians, is trying to make the Corinthians see both his, his role as, as an apostle and as, the, as their pastor. Uh, he's trying to help them understand uh, who he is and, and, and why what he has to say is, is important, how it comes from Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he's, he's, he's certainly trying to, to right the ship in that regard, but he's also reminding them of their need for reconciliation, their need to seek restoration, their need to seek that true beloved community, a community that is unity in diversity rooted in love. Paul wants the Corinthians to be a community that is not defined by its differences, but rather is defined by the peace that passes all understanding that can only come when a community is focused on God and allowing the love and the grace of God to permeate the community so that every other issue begins to pale. When we are able to find community with one another, regardless of our differences, whether those are differences of race or gender or nationality or worship style or preference of SEC college football team, whatever those differences might be, whether they're important or minor, whether it's a, a major disagreement over an important political issue or whether it's a disagreement over um, the, the economic uh, state of affairs in the world around us. Uh, maybe it is um, simply difference that comes from station in life or way of life or where you grew up. All of those differences do not need to be ignored. Those are, those are not differences that we just push aside for some sort of generic uh, milk toast unity that we can all sort of live with and tolerate, but rather Paul is calling us to push deeper, to go further, to, to look more deeply within ourselves and to lean more deeply into the love of God so that those differences can become strengths that those differences can no longer divide us, but can become part of a beautiful diversity that defines a beloved community that is rooted in the love of the most holy trinity. And in fact, that is exactly what Paul does here at the end of his second letter to the Corinthian church. He roots his desire for the community in Corinth he roots his desire for the community. Uh, he roots his desire for restoration, for redemption, for peace. He roots his desire that that community would be stronger and more cohesive. He, he roots his desire for all of these things in the reality of the Holy Trinity. The very last verse, we use this as a benediction all the time in the church. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship, or some translations will say the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul 
is rooting his desire for this beloved community in the reality of the Holy Trinity. He says that he wants the grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit to permeate that community. And is this not exactly what each and every one of us needs? Don't we all need grace? Don't we all need love? Don't we all need fellowship? Grace forgives and heals. Grace reaches to our lowest point when we have run out of options, when we are down to our last idea, when we are completely befuddled about what might come next, when we just know that we have messed everything up beyond repair and there's no redeeming this situation. Grace comes in and picks us up and forgives us and heals us and sets us back on the right track. Love is what makes us grow and flourish in God's kingdom. We cannot become the people that God wants us to be if we are not experiencing God's love. God's love poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, but also God's love in community. We need the grace that God gives us through Jesus Christ for the forgiveness and healing of our sins and our brokenness. We need the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and made present in the world by Christian community in order to grow and flourish and become the people that God intends us to be. And we need fellowship. We need communion. We need the communion of the Holy Spirit to bind us together so that we can have fellowship with one another. We need the full love of the most holy trinity if we are ever going to be the community that God intends us to be. In fact, without the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit, we can never be fully, truly human. To be a truly human person is to be a recipient of God's grace revealed in Jesus Christ. To be fully human is to live in the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, by the power of God, and also in the Christian community around us. To be fully and truly human is to have fellowship with God and with one another. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you, Paul says. He says, I wish upon you, I pour upon you, I impart to you all of the blessings of the Holy Trinity. Grace, love, and fellowship. This is what makes a beloved community. This is what makes us ambassadors of the Trinity. We have been invited to participate in all of the life of God. Jesus has taken humanity into heaven with him. And God has poured out the Holy Spirit upon us. And we have been united to Christ in our baptism. And we have received the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands. We have been called into the life of the Trinity. We have been called into this mystery that is the Trinity. We have been called to this beloved community. And we have been called to be ambassadors of that community in the world around us. Working for peace 
and justice, living up to our baptism, remembering our promise to resist evil and justice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. We have been called to this work and we have been empowered for this work and we are doing all of this in the community of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is our mission in the world. This is what it means to be in relationship with God and with one another. God calls us to community. God doesn't call us to isolation. God doesn't call us to be lone rangers for Jesus. God calls us into community with one another. Not a community built on generic sameness and some sort of artificial unity based on a common interest, but rather full, beautiful, genuine diversity that thrives and flourishes and seeks the good of all members of the community. This is what God has called us to. God has called us to beloved community because that is God's nature. God is love. God is love. And we, if we are going to follow God, must learn to love each other and to love the world. Beloved community is not easy. It takes work. It takes what Paul, um, in for, what Paul instructs the Corinthians to do. He says, aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Find agreement with one another. It, it, it takes work. It takes sitting down at the table. It takes finding ways through difficult conversations and difficult uh, seasons of life. It, it's not something that, that comes easily, but of course, nothing worth doing is ever easy. Jesus certainly didn't take the easy way out when he came to redeem the world. He confronted the powers of evil. He confronted the injustice and oppression of his day. And he died for it. But on the third day, he rose again. And he ascended into heaven, taking humanity with him and sent the Holy Spirit as our comforter and our guide. Beloved community isn't easy, but it's the only thing that will save the world. And we are called, we are called to this great holy ministry of reconciliation. I, I can't tell you how much that moves my soul to know that we are invited into this work that God is doing in the world, to know that we are invited into this community of love that is the Holy Trinity, to know that we can in our lives and in our lives together exhibit the same beautiful, diverse, wonderful unity of love that holds the Trinity together. We, we are a part of that, brothers and sisters. Thanks be to God. When I was um, in college, maybe just after college, I um, was driving down a road one Sunday morning, sort of aimlessly. I wasn't sure if I was going to go to church or not. And I saw a sign on the side of the road, St. John Catholic Church. And I'd never uh, been to this church before. And um, I've never been confirmed as a Roman Catholic, but for some reason, I just pulled the car over and um, decided to go in. And it turned out that this was a predominantly African-American Roman Catholic church. And 
I walked into the service. I was a few minutes late, and as I um, stood there and started singing along with the hymns and participated in the service, I, I noticed that there was such warmth between all the members of the community. When the time came to pass the peace, it took forever. There were people hugging on each other and, and, and talking and laughing, and, and it was just so obvious that this was a very close-knit community. Well, in this, um, in this service, they, they came to the time for sharing uh, prayer requests, sharing joys and concerns, and the lady in front of me, she had turned around to me and asked my name during the passing of the peace, and when the time came for sharing a joys and concern, she raised her hand and she stood up and she said, I just want to thank God for my new friend, Timothy. And he sings real good. I think he ought to be in the choir. I'd never darkened the door of that church in my life. Well, I don't know how this happened, but the pastor of that church um, got my phone number. I still don't know how she got the phone number, but she got the phone number from me. And that night when I got home, I got a call from Sister Jane. And she said, I just wanted to call and let you know that choir practice is this Wednesday. We hope we'll see you there. <laughs> I ended up attending that church uh, for most of the rest of my time in the town where I went to college, Evansville, Indiana. And that community embraced me. That community lifted me up. That community loved me, and that community took me in in a way that I have never experienced in my life. St. John Catholic Church in Evansville, Indiana, knew what it meant to be a beloved community. And the love that they had for Jesus and for one another in that season in my life was a means of grace for me. It transformed me. That experience remains with me to this day. Beloved community works. Beloved community changes lives. Beloved community changes hearts. Beloved community makes the world different. And in fact, what beloved community does is it begins to remake the world into this new creation that God intends when we live in beloved community with one another, we are living in the age to come. We are taking part in the new creation. We are living part of that abundant, everlasting, eternal life that Jesus has promised to all who love him. Beloved community will save the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.